3: This is
0: Total Information AM on KMOX with Megan Lynch. I'm Tom Ackerman. It's 936. We've had some big news in the sports media world recently. Sports Illustrated recently shocked readers with news. It would lay off nearly all of its journalists, and it wasn't the only one. In fact, Sporting News, which started here in St. Louis many years ago, a fixture for many years in the sports journalism realm, Uh, laid off one of our great friends, and that is a former MLB writer, and he is uh, certainly capable of doing that for a long, long time. He is my dear friend, Ryan Fagan, who has been on KMOX many times, member of the Baseball Writers Association of America. How are you? I'm doing well, Tom. I'm doing well. It's been an interesting
4: interesting month or so, that's for sure.
0: I bet it has. Thanks for joining us in studio. And uh, tell us how, I know that it was a surprise to all of us. I mean, you've been I mean, at one point, uh, weren't you running the entire baseball writing operation over there?
4: Yeah, it's it's been, I started there in October of 2005, and I pretty much did everything. You know, I started uh, as an associate editor on the magazine, fact-checking NASCAR and college football, and kind of worked my way up year, year after year, and I uh, did a lot of college basketball, a lot of NCAA tournaments, Final Fours, and then baseball is what I always wanted to do. You know, you grew up in St. Louis, and... That's kind of where your heart is, so yeah. It's, to be the the primary baseball guy for for a long, long time, there was, you know, you look back at it, and as a kid who had a sporting news subscription um, with his name on it, paid for with his allowance, it was it was pretty cool to get to do for a while. And but yeah, eighteen years, it's um, it's it's been a change. You know, it, it's taken a little bit of time to get used to saying they and not we when talking about sporting news, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about what's coming up. We'll see what that is. But the the outreach from people has been, it's just been really, really special. It's really, uh, it touches your heart, you know, when you hear uh, so many people uh, reaching out and saying good things about you.
2: I think it's always so surprising for people because of, you know, I mean, our listeners, especially here at KMOX, know the value of the sports reporting yeah. that we have here. And, you know, it's one of our cores. Um, you know, and then I think, too, of these publications like yours that, you know, not, it's not just the stats and the features. It's digging into important issues, especially that we've seen in sports in recent years with abuse issues and yeah. discrimination and things like that, that you wonder, are those important issues for the health and safety of athletes going to get covered like they were before?
4: That, that's a great question. You know, I think there's there's more value in deep sports reporting now than there ever has been, or at least as much as there has been. And I think there's just as much of an appetite. The problem has been trying to find a way to make that work in a way that's profitable for the folks who own these businesses. But, you know, it does it does worry me a little bit that we haven't figured it out to this point um, because pieces like that take time, right? They take time to write. They take time to report. They take time to source And in today's world where you need clicks now, that doesn't happen so much. Um, So there are things that are going to slip under the cracks, uh, slip through the cracks. Um, I think there are still people out there, and I think there are a lot of enterprising writers who have kind of taken it on their own to do these types of things. But that winds up being as a secondary approach to a primary way of 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 bringing an in income, so yeah, I think there will always be the people that are out there, and you know, I, and I hope that in in time I'm one of them that keeps pursuing these types of things. Um, but it is uh, in the instant gratification world that sometimes sports journalism and clicks and unique views and page views and all these different things and social media impressions, I, I think sometimes that does get lost a little bit. This is Ryan Fagan,
0: most recently with the Sporting News, right after your news, Sports Illustrated, yeah. with its big announcement. Was that surprising to you?
4: I'll, I'll be honest. That one that one hurt almost as much as my own personal development. You know, I mean, my news came down on Tuesday, that first full week of January, or second full week of January, and then two days later on Thursday is when the Sports, the Sports Illustrated news dropped. You know, and, and I know a lot of people that work there. I know a lot of people that were given 90 days notice and – yeah, my, my, my heart hurt for them. It was as much of a gut punch, uh, really. And then with the LA Times a couple of days later, and then with the messenger folding last week, it's it, it's, it's been a rough start, the 2024 for the sports industry, sports journalism industry. There's no doubt about that.
0: New York Times, uh, they uh, changed everything too, yeah. didn't they? And they have gone basically to the athletic. Right. Does the athletic have a good model or are they going okay?
4: You know, The Athletic is what we want sports journalism to be, if we're being honest. They, they take the time. They're one of the outlets that does take the time to give their reporters time to report stories and to dig deep. And I have been a subscriber to The Athletic from basically day one when I saw some of the people they brought in, the respected names. And the work that they do. And, you know, I mean, look, as a journalist, as a sports journalist especially, we compare ourselves to other people. And there are lots of times that I'd write a story for Sporting News, and I'd think, would this be good enough for the athletic? And I think that's kind of what they've done is raise the bar a little bit or at least get the bar maybe back to where it was. And um, they are an organization. They've had their ups and downs, right? You know, they've had layoffs just like everyone else has, um, and we're really pulling for them. To to make it out of there, not just because of all the talents of people who work there, but because of what the athletic represents. And, you know, I think um, now being part of the New York Times in that section, we'll, we'll see how that all goes out. But, you know, I mean, I think obviously the New York Times and sports reporting is has a history, you know, not, I mean, sporting news was founded in 1886. Right. So mm-hmm. that was going way back. And the New York Times is right there with them.
2: I think what's interesting about how the New York Times has structured the subscriptions is they have packaged the athletic in. Um, I I think it's pretty savvy because maybe for people who were only casual readers of sports, it's pulled them into that world. Um, You know, so, I, I mean, you've got to applaud them for the model that they're trying to use to support not only the times, but the athletic together.
4: Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, like I said, when you're looking at the, the, the places, the outlets that we need to survive, you know, I think as a sports writing industry, sports journalism industry, that's, that's one of them. And I think you have to think creatively because when you look around the industry and you see the layoffs that have happened and you see all these things that have happened, clearly there are things that are not going well. Right. So that sometimes takes uh, looking outside the, the proverbial box to find these solutions. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. You know, I mean, the history is, is littered with things that did not work. But that doesn't mean you, keep, you don't keep trying.
0: Ryan Fagan is with us. I can't have you in studio and not ask you a Cardinals question. So <laughs> spring training a week away from pitchers yeah. and catchers reporting. I have John Moselock on every Sunday. I think he grew a little weary of me asking this question, but I still have it. I don't know what they do if somebody in the rotation... Well, I know what they're going to do. They're going to have either Zach Thompson, Matthew yeah. Libertor, or Drew Rahm take that spot. Is that enough? I guess we're going to find out if the Cardinals are real players here in the National League.
4: Well, we will find out, right? I mean, Let's start with this. They don't have to win the American League East, right? Mm-hmm. The target is not 103 wins to get that division title. The target is much lower than that. I think if things go right... They have the ability to do that. You know, you mentioned Zach Thompson. He's a guy I think people are sleeping on, right? I I think he's got that fastball. I think he's gone through the ups and downs. You know, obviously a first-round pick. He has the talent. He has the arm. Um, It feels like he's motivated to show that he can be that guy. You know, and I think if history shows us anything is that – Starters will get their opportunity, right? You know, I mean, what Cardinals team was it a couple, several years ago now that went through the entire season and every starter made thirty starts? Like that doesn't happen, you know. We, if you're a young starter, you're going to get an opportunity because injuries happen, especially, especially when you look at the age of the Cardinals rotation, right? To expect each of these guys to make thirty, to make twenty starts, uh, seems like wishful thinking. But if you can have guys like, you know, Libertor and, you know, Libertor has shown flashes. He's shown that he can be a good starter. It's just maintaining that velocity because he's a much different pitcher when he's pitching mid to upper nineties than he is when he's in the low nineties. But, you know, Thompson's a guy, I think uh, when he gets a chance this year, I think he's going to be in position to take advantage of that.
0: I think you were right on the money. I've spent a lot of time with Thompson and, I think he would be okay with me sharing it because he did share it in front of Cardinals fans at the caravan is that when he got the news that they added not one, not two, but three starters, he's like, oh, okay, well. (laughs) (laughs) So he has the K rate, the ability. This does light a fire under the young man who is as nice a guy as you'll find, but also he's a competitor. He really is. I think that's a good point. Uh, Ryan, what's next for you at this point? I know you've received a lot of, uh, you know, the heartfelt uh, comments from friends and colleagues. Are are you actively pursuing uh, staying in writing?
4: Uh, yes, in, in some way, shape, or form. I, I'm not sure that it's going to be sports journalism because obviously my news and with SI and you know LA, the LA Times and the Messenger. That's that's a couple of punches, right? It just kind of opens your eyes that you have to look at different avenues and you have to say, okay, what skills do I have? as a reporter that I've used, an editor that I've used for the past 18 years, and how does that maybe translate somewhere else? Um, in the meantime, I've got a couple really cool freelance gigs lined up that I'm very excited about, um, some in the baseball world, and some even, you know, I mean, Tom, you know, I, I love baseball cards, right? It's yeah. kind of been a side passion forever, and I've got a couple of of, of opportunities with publications that do collectibles and and baseball cards that uh, if i would show you my my story list of ideas um you'd be very excited cuz i think there's a lot of good stories to tell and you know at at, at your heart when you're a, a a writer and a reporter you're a storyteller that's what you love to do and i look back at the stories that i wrote you know over the past you know 10 18 years at sporting news and the ones i remember most aren't necessarily the stories about Game Seven of the World Series, even though those were amazing moments, and even talking about it now, I get chills thinking about these moments. But it's it's the the opportunity to meet people like Greg Pool, who runs Cans Cans in Southern Illinois, and tell his story. It's the opportunity to meet people, or to hear about people like Minnie League o- Ogles, who the Cincinnati Reds fan who sat there for twenty plus years and listened to the radio and kept score in her own notebook that she created. And all of these types of things, these these are the stories that really stick with you. And that's the kind of thing that whatever is next, I hope to get an opportunity to keep meeting people like this and telling their stories that people haven't heard yet.
0: Very good. One of the best writers in the country, Ryan Fagan, with us in studio.
1: Thank you.
4: Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Megan.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.